Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, I think in the northeast corner of the state, and especially in Susquehanna County, we're really familiar with the stone quarry industry. And as some might know, uh, the, the bluestone famous to this area is actually classified as what they call sedimentary rock, which as the name suggests, uh, is compressed by many layers of sediment. Within these layers, uh, sawyers often find fossils of many different organisms. I don't know if you've ever talked to anyone who's found fossils in this area before, but um, they found things like uh, fish and dinosaurs, and even prehistoric plant species. So today, we're actually discussing one of the oldest plants that show up in the fossil records, the ferns. So I guess we'll start out by maybe talking a little bit about what ferns really are. So they're basically just plants that don't have any flowers, and they generally reproduce by producing spores. So similar to flowering plants, ferns have roots, stems, and leaves. However, unlike flowering plants, ferns do not have flowers or seeds. Instead, they usually reproduce via the spores or sometimes can reproduce vegetatively, as exemplified by the walking fern. They actually have three major parts. So the rhizome, which is their root-like structure, the fronds, which are basically their leaves, and the reproductive structures called sporangia. The characteristics of each of these three parts of the fern plant are used for classification and identification. Yeah, so if you're wondering, or if you remember from biology class, mushrooms have spores, so do ferns. So that's pretty cool. If you look under the underside of the leaf structure, you'll see those spores usually. Um, but let's talk about hay-scented ferns. And yes, they actually smell a lot like a freshly mowed field. Uh, they're actually a native species that's commonly um, in the forest, dominated by maple or cherry, although they can occur in other forests. Um, usually less abundant in forests that are quite shady, such as hemlock, uh, or even uh, beech cover as well. Now, in certain situations, hay-scented ferns can actually have a negative effect on the forest. Um, there are chemical and non-chemical approaches that can be used. So let's just talk a little bit about hay-scented ferns' most negative effects. Um, they do this in three ways. So they create a dense shade, and that reduces the chances of other seedlings' success. Um, they also create a negative effect because they create such a dense mat, both with their organic matter and, as you mentioned, the root-like structures, the uh, rhizomes. Uh, and that really further inhibits seedling success. And then the, the third negative effect is they create an inviting habitat for rodents. And as you know, rodents eat seeds, so the trees that uh, create the seeds, produce the seeds, seeds fall to the ground, and the rodents eat them. Uh, and therefore, we have no seedlings coming up. So if you do have hay-scented ferns, 
I would mention that you contact the forester uh, if you're experiencing fern domination in your forest and they can prescribe solutions that reduce or eliminate this problematic fern. So the next one we wanted to talk a little bit about is the sensitive fern. So sensitive ferns actually a really great indicator of wetlands or areas that are inundated with water for at least part of the year. And they can actually grow in organically rich, medium moisture, well-drained soil in part shade to full shade, but they really need like a consistent moisture in the soil. And they're native to swampy and marshy areas, but they grow quite well in average gardens as well, as long as the soil is not allowed to dry out. And sensitive fern spreads just like other ferns, um, both by that creeping rhizome and spores, and they can be somewhat aggressive in optimum growing conditions. So these ferns actually get their name from the fact that it's very sensitive to cold weather, and it's the first fern to die off in the fall. Yeah, that's a, that's a dead giveaway for sure. So if you're walking in the fall and you see the remains of ferns, they usually turn brown. Um, those are your sensitive ferns. And you can also identify them. Um, they're a bit smaller than other ferns, and they have a shape that somewhat resembles moose antlers as the leaves are kind of rounded or lobed. And the sensitive fern also displays what are called fertile fronds, which are basically stalks that contain spores, which will be released early in the spring before the rest of the plant emerges. Alright, so here's another fern type we want to talk about, and that's the Christmas fern. Uh, the Christmas fern gets its name because parts of it remain green all year round, uh, making it readily available for Christmas decorations. Have you ever seen the Christmas fern used as a Christmas decoration? Yeah, I've actually seen it at some like craft shows and stuff around Christmas time. People will use them for like floral arrangements or you know wreaths or other decorations. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever seen it used but that's cool um so you can identify this particular species by the rich green leaves of this fern and uh they're up to three feet long and about four inches wide i mean one way that i learned to identify this particular fern is the individual leaflets associated with it if you pull them off they look like a winter boot so you can kind of associate the winter boot with the Christmas fern. Um, so Christmas fern is actually found in northeastern and north central portions of the North American area, as well as uh, New Brunswick, all the way down to North Carolina. And the area where it grows is usually well shaded, uh, forested hillsides, or you can find it near streams. It does prefer moist soils, just like most other ferns. And these ferns are typically found in clusters of two to three. So you might see them also in large masses as well. Um, they're not quite as aggressive as other ferns, but over time those clumps will get bigger. So there's one more we wanted to highlight on. Um, that's the cinnamon fern. And cinnamon ferns typically grow best in moist to wet soils. You'll find them in part full shade, although they will tolerate full sun if they're in standing water all the time. These ones typically grow in clumps, um, two to four feet tall. 
In the spring, they have these fertile spikes that appear and they turn a chocolate brown color, so they resemble giant cinnamon sticks, hence the name. So they make a really cool accent in the woods. The fuzz that covers these spikes is actually a favorite nesting material for a lot of different species of birds, and the deer don't really seem to browse this species much. There are several other species of ferns um, you can find in Pennsylvania. We just really wanted to highlight on these four. I think they were the four that really stood out to us the most. Yeah, take a identification book out in the woods, or there's the iNaturalist app, and you can identify them yourselves. There's so many species of ferns. It's crazy. Um, that being said, we're going to replace fun facts this week with fern facts. So here we go. There's actually at least 12,000 types of ferns on Earth today. And there may be up to 20,000 different species. So there you go. Uh, ferns, some ferns at least, have a life cycle or a lifespan of 100 years. Uh, and then some ferns range from 2 inches all the way up to 30 feet. Which is pretty crazy. That's tree size. I think the last one might be the most interesting uh, from an environmental perspective and that's the fact that ferns are actually helpful in preventing or eliminating pollution because they remove heavy metals from the air and from the soil. So really useful uh, for remediation. Alright, I think we do have a couple events to mention as well. Yep, so the first one, the NEPA Rail Trail is having walking Mondays every Monday in June at 10 a.m. And they're also doing second Saturday's trail yoga. So for this month, that'll fall on June 12th, and that'll take place at the Thompson Railroad Station at 9 a.m. So if you're interested in attending any of these events, you can visit nepa-railtrails.org, or you can also call 570-570. 679-9300 for more information. Alright, also there's the Summer Heritage Paddle. This sounds pretty cool. So, the Endless Mountains Heritage Region and Susquehanna Canoe and Kayak Rentals, well, they're teaming up for a 10-mile benefit paddle that'll take participants from Tunkanicboro to Falls Township, and that's on July 10th. So paddlers will be shuttled to Tunkhannock Riverside Park. Uh, there'll be a short presentation there with Countryside Conservancy. And then launch downriver to White's Ferry for lunch. There'll be a history lesson there about many historic sites along this stretch of the river. Then they'll paddle back to Susquehanna Canoe and Kayak Rental for a barbecue dinner, which is at 5 p.m. There is a age requirement for this event. Uh, ages 21 or older. Uh, the event will benefit the Wyoming County Historical Society. Registration is $60 for those that bring their own watercraft, and it's $100 for persons that are renting uh, either a kayak or a tandem kayak or canoe. So if you want more information, you can actually visit the Susquehanna Canoe and Kayak Rental webpage. So best probably just Google it up uh, and you'll find the information there. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. 
If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You have been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbard saying, enjoy the outdoors. <laughs>